Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boule. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boule, as always. And I want to talk to the the non-abs fans that listen to this show right now, because I, I have a simple statement for you. You might not agree with it, but it's true. The Avalanche have better goalies than you. At the end of the day, that's just true. Alex Georgiev and Pavel Francouz are better than your goalies. And we've seen that in the last two games. Pavel Francouz single-handedly beat the Carolina Hurricanes 3-2 to two in overtime. And Alex Georgiev shuts out the Washington Capitals 4 to nothing. We have two walls in net. And just like we all predicted, it would go too. Like, it was... At the start of the year, we were both a little concerned about the goalies, and uh, boy, oh boy, did, was that probably is that one of our worst takes of the history of this show? Is saying the Avs goaltending may struggle to start the year. I don't even want to say it was just like a bad take because who could have seen this coming from these guys? I mean, yeah. I don't think anyone could. Have. No, I don't think they could at all. I mean, yeah, it's absolutely a cold take, but holy shit, these guys are legitimately unstoppable. They don't breathe. They don't have a pulse. They do not feel fear. They see a shot coming towards them and they don't even blink at it. It's ridiculous. I mean, Georgiev went from a guy who was sub 900 with the Rangers last year to being like a surefire win every time he's in net. The guy does not feel fear in any sense. And Pavel Francouz got left on that plane in Finland and took it personally because now the guy is just unbeatable. And we knew Frankie had this in him. I mean, if you go back to the year with the bubble year, he w- there was a debate between him and Grubauer of who should start in the playoffs. Like we, we know what Pavel Francouz is, but he's taken it up to another fucking level. These like his past like two or three starts, he's been absolutely fantastic. Ever, if, ever since the Devils game, he's been unstoppable. He wasn't even bad in the Devils. He gave up one oh, goal in the Devils. Exactly game. my exactly my point. He was amazing in that Devils game in a one nothing loss, and hasn't even looked back. Yeah, he's been fantastic. If he can get an ounce of goal support. He has a chance to win the game for you. And that's both him and Georgiev. If you get even an ounce of goal support for him, they're going to give you a chance to win the game. Yeah, absolutely. So we can start with the Caps game just because that literally just wrapped up. Always my favorite time of year when these two teams play each other because I have no allegiance either way. Just kidding. Because both of the, these games stress me out because I just want nothing bad to happen in them because I don't want to live with that. 
but this was the least stressful Caps and Abs game I think I've ever seen because it wasn't close. The Avalanche outside of the first period were just the better team. The Caps had nothing for them. Yeah, they had nothing for them. I mean, the Caps, if you look just strictly at the uh, shot uh, tracker, you would have thought the Caps dominated that period. I thought the first period, I thought the Avs played pretty well. They just couldn't hit the broad side of a barn with their shots. It was a weird period because it was like 12 to 2 in shots for the Capitals. I'm just like, where is that coming from? I have not seen 12 shots for the Capitals in this period. The Avs were shooting. They just couldn't hit the net. And I mean, the, the Caps played well in this game, I thought, for the most part, as, as well as they could. But especially after the Avs got that five-on-three goal from from Kale McCarr to close out the first period, there there was just not even really a competition. The Avs thoroughly outskated them. It doesn't help that Georgiev just did not even flinch on any single shot. Darcy Kemper, his first game against the Avalanche since signing with Washington, wasn't even bad in this game. Just the Avalanche completely overwhelmed them. Yeah, I thought Darcy Kemper was fantastic in this game. And that's kind of been the story for the Caps all year is Darcy Kemper's been good. They just are not a very good team. So yeah, they're just they're just simply not good. And that, that's why these games are so tough because the Avs, they played great. Georgiev gets the shutout. And on the opposite side, I feel like I just watched one of my childhood teams die in front of my eyes because like, wow, they just have nothing left. They are old. They are slow. They are injured. And they are two, six, and three in their last 11. They are not making the playoffs. No, that was another cold take by me. I thought the Caps would finish top three in the division. You had them in second. Yeah. You had them higher than me, the Capitals fan. I know, not good, not good. But, I mean, like we kind of talked about, Georgiev was fantastic in this game. Um, The Abs in that first period, while they didn't particularly look bad, they didn't look great. I thought the Caps played pretty solid. But then the Abs get two late power play opportunities in the first period. Um, and they act, believe it or not, they scored on a five on three situation. They actually scored a goal. It was weird. What happens when you pass the puck to when it's not McKinnon and McCarr passing it to each other? Yeah. It's like, Oh, so you, you can do that. You actually can do that. Unbelievable. And it was, it wasn't McCarr to McKinnon. It was McKinnon to McCarr. Finally, it's almost like you can change things up and it'll work out just fine. Yeah. But I thought they were whipping that puck around really well. They had full control of that zone for pretty much, the first like minute, 10 seconds of that five on three. Um, and Kale McCarr just absolutely fucking unloads on a slap shot and beats Darcy Kemper. I thought it hit the post with how fast it came out of the net. I was like, wait, did that go in? And sure enough, it, it went in and it was just an absolute rocket. Yeah, it's an odd sight to see in Capital One Arena number eight score from the left circle on the power play. And it's not Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, definitely not. But I mean, that that goal... Michael McCarr, I think really kind of the Avs kind of not like let loose, but they took a deep breath and they were able to kind of keep going with all of the uh, positive momentum they got from that late goal. Yeah, I I felt like when we had that opportunity that the Caps, they were playing well in the first period. We didn't have a ton of shots. If we didn't score on that five on three, I felt like this could have been a very different game because you, you get a downtrodden team feeling good about themselves against the defending champs. Getting that goal, I felt, just let all the air out of the building. It's just like, we gave it everything we had. We held them to two shots. They get a five on three, and now we're down one nothing anyway. And you could see it the rest of the game. The Caps, they were slow. They had it like a, a couple looks, even the ones they had, Georgiev completely shut down, and the, the Avs just hemmed them in their own zone. 
Yeah. And it wasn't just the top line doing, I thought one through three, they were fantastic. Um, I thought Alex Newhook had an, a terrific game. I thought Alex Newhook was really, really good tonight. Yeah. I mean, Newhook ever since he got benched against the blues, he put up a goal against the Carolina hurricanes, which we'll talk about later that they really needed. He picks up an assist on a Nathan McKinnon goal that we will talk about in just a second. And just generally played really well in this game. And he, guess what? He got rewarded. He played 15 minutes in this game. He played just a little bit less than JT Kopfer. I mean, Evan Rodriguez played 20 minutes. I mean, God, can we get some guys back, please? Yeah. But in still new hook, it's good to see him at least putting up some points, feeling good about himself. And he had a, a couple breakaways in this game. He had one in the first period. John Carlson made the best defensive play he's made in a half decade on Alex <laughs> Newhook to stop him from scoring there. But it's good to see that Newhook is at least feeling himself a little bit again. Yeah, I, it was good. He was creating chances. I thought he was really good tonight. So, um, yeah, we, we kind of talked about the McKinnon goal. Let's let's fully go into it because nothing else really happened in the first period. There was like 50 seconds left. Avs uh, didn't really get anything going. But then the second period uh, – would you say Nathan committed a crime by the way he completely just destroyed Nicholas Obey-Cubell? Yeah, Nathan McKinnon, if you are not on the avalanche, you are not his friend. He gives no mercy. He embarrasses Nicholas Obey-Cubell with a move and gives a, a cheeky little chip shot over Darcy Kemper, the best goal of the season so far for the avalanche. Just absolutely disgusting, disrespectful, any other adjective you want to put in front of it. Cause you could tell after that point, if there was any doubt, this game is over the avalanche are on another level. There is no Nathan McKinnon in Washington and Nicholas Abe Bell. I don't think is going to stick around in Washington for much longer. You don't think so. He's been bad. Like yeah. he's not done anything in Washington besides get suspended for three games. Yeah. I mean, we all know he wasn't great with the abs near the end, but um... he already got waived by the Leafs. Like he's, yeah. he's already on his second team this season. Yeah. So it was just a complete undressing by Nathan McKinnon. I thought it by far his best goal of the year. And with the way Nathan McKinnon's luck gone this year, I definitely thought that was just going to hit like the elbow of the net and just bounce out. But he actually got a bounce to go his way. And it was just, like you said, the best goal of the year so far for the abs. I, it, it you, we sometimes just don't, appreciate how good Nathan McKinnon is because he just does stuff like that. It seems like on a nightly basis where he yeah. can just completely undress someone and it's just become so normal for us to um, see that every night. It's like watching Kale McCarr. You know what I mean? Like we, we get to watch Kale McCarr every night. So we don't really get to appreciate how fucking good this guy is. Yeah. And it's like, you also see like Connor McDavid highlights at least like once a week where he just walks through a defense. Like McDavid did this to the Capitals too, almost like it's a pattern, but <laughs> You saw McDavid do this to the Caps a couple of weeks ago, and you see that highlight posted everywhere. And McKinnon is just so clean with a lot of his moves and just makes such smart plays that he doesn't always need to like carve his way through five people like like McDavid does. But he is always perfectly capable of doing something like this. And it's also, like you said earlier, when he's buried behind, not even just buried behind Kale McCarr, when you just also have Kale McCarr on your team and also have Miko Rantanen doing the crazy shit that he's doing, you just sometimes forget that, like, oh, Nathan McKinnon has 24 points in 15 games so far. This he's, season. A, he's a top three player in the NHL. Yeah. You, you forget that sometimes. But yeah. that goal was absolutely unreal. I'm really hoping Mac can get the goal scoring going because he's producing points like a maniac. And if he can just get the goal scoring going, we're we're talking about an MVP type player right now. 
he's going to hit 100 points. It's yes. the only question of how many points over 100 does he get this year. Yeah, he's he's going to crush it. So I'm really hopeful that his shooting percentage gets back to what his he normally averages because I think still even now he's at what like five percent. Yeah, five point four. Like that yeah. that is going to go up probably at minimum another three percent. I would not be surprised if he hits 40 goals this season. That'd be sick. That'd be really fucking cool. Get like 40 goals and 120 points. That'd be pretty like, like in the realm of possibility. Like, cause McKinnon, he was just picking up assist after assist. And after January last year, he went on a ridiculous bender. Like end of season, Nathan McKinnon was probably the best version of Nathan McKinnon we've ever seen. Yes. Correct. And now he's already, he's already healthy this season and knock on wood has not been injured yet this season has played consistently and been absolutely phenomenal and there's a chance that he's still going to get better that's not fair that it, it isn't is a- fair you should not be able to do that no but i i'm really excited for nathan mckinnon he's playing some fantastic hockey and it's just gotta stay healthy you hit that 100 point mark for the first time in your career and everything will be good but Nothing else really happened in the second period for this Avs-Caps game. I mean, Georgiev, we talked about it enough. He was fantastic. I think it was, was it Mantha who had like a clear-cut breakaway and it was probably the least dangerous breakaway I've ever seen in my life? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I was talking about. It just looks like Georgiev has no pulse. I think it was early in the third period. Anthony Mantha got loose and has a little break down the wing, fires a shot, and it just looked like Georgiev was in practice. Just grabbed yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. It was simple. You want to try again? Like uh, the guy's unbelievable. I love watching him play so much. He just looks like a completely different person than he was with the Rangers. He looks it's so he, he looks so confident, just so calm. And I, this is, I guess, this is just what he needed all along. And this is exactly what I I hoped for when we picked him up. You get the the Avs goaltending coach to get their claws in him, get some of those so those things that he didn't always have with the Rangers down. One of those being a competent defense. But also just like you're seeing, like I said, like more confidence. Like he's he comes out to challenge the play and just he doesn't get fooled by things. Like when there's traffic in front of him, it really doesn't matter. Cross crease passes, he tracks them just fine. And just, this is the absolute best scenario for a guy like that to be in. Yeah, he he's far exceeded expectations and we're what, 16 games into the season? Like he's... I thought I thought by this point we might be getting nine tens from him. And we're going way above that. Like he is, he's far exceeded expectations. I would argue right now he's got to be in the Vesna conversation. He's yeah, got at, least, at least close. Honestly, the the argument against him would be, well, he's on the Abs and Francois the nine twenty five as well. Which honestly, you know what, that might be fair because yeah. maybe we're just we're just good for goalies. You have Georgiev who is a nine thirty, who is eight and two on the season, and you have Pavel Francois who is a nine twenty five. Shockingly, two and three on the year just because he had like two games that were subpar and my God, this team like this, it's not fair to have goaltending that good. This was supposed to be our weakness. Correct. And, and it's right probably now, been our biggest strength. So far. It's unequivocally been our biggest strength of this season. So far, there are legitimately time like the Carolina game, which we'll talk about in a second. We should not have won that game. We should not have even gotten a point. We shouldn't have even come close. There have been several points where it's just like our goalies are keeping us in this. That should not be the case. It should be we are winning games six to five right now because Georgiev just needs time to get into the system. And then maybe, just maybe, you can get a 9-10, a 9-15. He's a 
30 in November. That isn't fair. This team's going to get better. The defense in front of him is going to get better. And if he's even just close to this, how do we not win again? I don't know, man. I really don't. Because it, if you can argue anything about the Avs last year in their playoff run, it was goaltending was the weakness. And yeah. we still went 16 and four. We had a goalie so, with one eye. Yeah. And, and we still went 16 and four. Yeah. And we went to our backup goalie in the Western Conference final and had a sweep. Yeah, like it's it's crazy, dude. I, I hope they can continue this. I, I really think they're going to be able to just because, like you just said, the Avs are only going to get better in front of him. Like he's going to get Bo Byron back. He's going to get Sam Girard back. He's going to get like key defensive players back for this team. And the defense is only going to get better. The forward group's only going to get better when you get uh, Nachushkin, Landeskog, Helm back. Like this team's only going to get better and we're still one point out of first place so far this season. Yeah, like there's not a single doubt in my mind that this team is not going to win the Central. And it's just like after seeing stuff like this, where this team is just injured to all hell and still putting up solid performances like this, where you can just have your stars just carry you, where you can have McKinnon just put on a show, Kale McCarr is putting on a show. You can get goals from Andrew Cogliano like you got in this game. Arturi Lekkinen's got goals in, I believe, three straight right Correct. now. It's ridiculous. You're going to get guys back and you're just so clear of everyone else in the Western conference. Yeah. I mean, and like my thing too, is like when everyone comes back, do you break up this Logan O'Connor, JT Confer, and Andrew Cogliano line? Because they've been awesome so far. Why would you, why would, why would you mess with that at all? They absolutely destroyed the caps in this game. And even in the hurricanes game where, no one really played that well. I still thought that line brought a lot of energy. And this is why I mean, like sometimes injuries can be a bit of a blessing where you can find a line like this that you je- you probably wouldn't have put together all that much before the season started. And now you're probably like, well, how do you break them up at all? I mean, yeah. the fourth line, all of them are probably going to end up getting pushed out by the time everyone comes back. Bleed, Bleed, Magna, and Hunt. Hunt's been fine, but Bleed- I think Hunt's safe maybe some eventually some guys are going to have to get pushed out, but True. we'll see. But yeah, I mean, you kind of preluded to it. Let's just get the third period uh, summary real quick here. Uh, Jacob McDonald, who's been very good for the abs, uh, right. Rips a shot, probably Darcy Kemper's like unluckiest goal he's allowed uh, because he, he was in position for this one. Like it bounced off Andre, Andrew Cogliano's skate. And it's a lot, lot more yeah. than that. A lot of people and the abs went up three, nothing. And we knew the game was over, but it was officially over. Once that goal went in, the caps were dead. Yeah. They were dead after the McCarr goal, the McKinnon goal embarrassed them. The Cogliano one is just like, well, fuck you too, I guess. Like (laughs) a great play by Jacob McDonald bounces off of Kemper bounces off a cap bounces off of Cogliano skate and just trickles over the line and into the net. The game was over. At that point, there was just absolutely nothing the Caps could do. The Avalanche were in full control. And even after that, they didn't let up at all. They were still dangerous. They were still pushing. And you get another goal from Arturi Lekkinen with four minutes left, unassisted because Ovechkin trying to strip the puck from Miko Rantanen ended up giving an absolute perfect pass to Arturi Dude, they, they took away the, the assist? Unassisted. Ovechkin oh, passed it to him. Fuck my fantasy team, dude. Fuck. Yeah. The poor you, you have like 400 points this week, but I'm losing to this guy, man. You are wait. No, you're yeah, not. I'm losing. No, you're not. You have like the second most points in the league. Doubt it, dude. Doubt it. This is totally bad radio. 
Yeah, oh, I'm down by 30 game. points. How, when did that happen, dude? Well, they took away Miko's assist there. That's how Wait, that fucking happened. Holy f- okay, this this today has changed everything in our league. By the way, I did beat Christian last week. I should put Yeah, that he up. did. He did. But, but yeah, like, no, oh, that I mean, sucks. I can't believe I mean, they took that away. Damn you, Ovechkin. He knew he knew what he was doing. He was like that Christian guy. He's been he's been talking shit. I'm gonna do something just really funny and pass it to a guy on the it was other a perfect team. pass dude dude he, i didn't perfect. notice it until they put it on the replay i was like damn what a pass from miko he didn't even do anything no like he, he literally put it right in lecky's wheelhouse um and like i said lecky's getting going which is good uh you need a guy like lecky to keep scoring and he's just scoring big goals right now so ads go up for nothing and it's like yeah this, this game's over like, yeah, we're, we're good we can we, we can we can start recording the post-game video start figuring out when we're gonna record the podcast because there was no chance that yeah i mean this i mean from the capitals perspective i didn't even think they played poorly in this game but it's, it's like i said earlier they just did not have anything to offer in this game they do not have the speed the only thing they really had to offer was depth the caps have decent depth but they don't have anyone to carry the load anymore. Like you, you cannot be asking a 37 year old Ovechkin with no help around him to like go score three goals and go win this game by yourself. Like it's not 2015 anymore. That's no. not going to happen anymore. No, Kuzi but it's... like Kuzi has not been himself this season. He's 30. Now he's just not a star who's going to carry John Carlson has been better as of late, and I thought even today was decent, but he's just not a star either, in my opinion. Honestly, a little overrated, unfortunately. And I think that's just the Caps don't have any of that right now, and they are missing Tom Wilson badly as the only guy sometimes who brings any semblance of energy to this team. And like Dylan Strome has been one of their best players so far this season, just because it seems like... I still wanted him to be an Av, man. I thought he would have been good on the Avs. I mean, who knows? Trade deadline. He's a center. Yeah, it's true. But, yeah, I mean, you're you're halfway done with your torture uh, because you only have one more time that these two teams have to play each other. Because oh, this, te- this game wasn't even torturous. It was just, like, I saw the Makar goal, and I'm like, okay, I know exactly how this game's going to go now. The Caps are dead. After the, They are winless when they give up the first goal or when they're losing after the first period. They are completely winless after after trailing in the first period that's why i said that power play was so important yeah you bury them in the first they're done for the rest of the night yeah and so you, yeah. you, you only have one more time because let's be real the caps unless an absolute miracle happens of god there's no chance these two teams are matching up in the stanley cup final that's never gonna happen there was a chance for it like once yeah it's never but going to happen it's never going to happen so you're halfway done um do you have any other final thoughts on this game before we move on to the uh, the atrocity that was the Carolina game? Atrocity, man. We got two points out of that, but I mean, just I to... know, but like that, like we'll talk about. It. Do you have any other final thoughts on the Caps? I mean, this team they're they're done. That's it, it's. I'm simply in the acceptance phase of the grieving process. It started in Game One against Boston, where I was like, this team's in trouble. They're yeah. not, they're not great. I don't believe in the coaching. Like this game really did just give me a good perspective on both of the teams I cheer for. The abs are just fine. They're coached just fine. And they're set up for a long time. The caps are dead. This is the first time in my life. I've really been like, damn, this team is dead. They just, yeah. they don't have it. Cause I mean, you had a good 20 year run. 
Yeah, it's been my my entire life as long as I can remember. Like Ovechkin was drafted when I was like three years old, yeah. and for basically my entire life, the Washington Capitals have been good. This is the fr- this is really the first time in my life I'm looking at them going, "Damn, we might be done here." Yeah, forever. Yeah, forever. But it, no, not forever. You never know. Not, not but, forever, yeah. but in the era that matters, you're never gonna have another Ovi era. Correct, but hell of a hell of a run. Um, I'm gonna laugh super hard when they make a miraculous comeback and somehow like make it into the playoffs, and you're gonna be fully back in, ready to get your heart broken, and it will be broken. You understand what will have to happen for me to believe this team is going to win a Stanley Cup? No, but I mean, like they'll make it to the playoffs, and you'll be like, "Fuck!" Like I gotta go through this. Oh, oh, okay, I know exactly what you mean. Like, fuck, dude, I gotta go to a playoff game. I gotta watch and like be stressed about like knowing full well what's going to happen well here's here's what's going to happen they're not going to make the playoffs but they are going to get tom wilson and backstrom back and orlov back and they're going to make a push and i'm going to be on this show in march and april saying i don't know man they're they're six points out right now you know they just got to win these games and they have a chance they're not going to make it they're going to pick 13th and they're going to absolutely flub that pick correct (laughs) <laughs> we know what's going to happen. I know, know that, I know this team like the back of my hand. That is exactly what's going to happen. Clip this and have me listen back to it when the playoffs start or after the draft lottery. That is exactly what's going to happen. They're going to pick 13th after they miss the playoffs by four points. That would not surprise me. but I, It would not surprise me because that is going to happen is yep. simply a fact. Correct. And then Barry Trotz will be back and then you'll just never see. No, we're, no, we're going to have Peter Laviolette back next year because we're going to be like, well, we were close. We were close. Run it back. If we stay healthy, you never know. Yeah, th- that's going to be so. Well, if we were healthy, we would have gotten those four points and they're going to be terrible next year in a worse draft. Correct. So, yeah, I, I think that's good for the Caps game. Um, let's move on. Like I, I say atrocity for the abs against Carolina just because I don't think in like recent memory, I've seen the abs play as bad as they did in this game because they truly got absolutely dominated by the Carolina Hurricanes in this game. But thanks to Pavel Francouz, they somehow pulled out two points in this game. I, I was satisfied they got one. Yes. By some miracle, they took a point out of this game. The Carolina Hurricanes outshot the Avalanche 48 to 15 and lost 15 and they lost 13 of those shots were in regulation they had two shots in overtime the abs did at the end of regulation it was 47 to 13 and we got a point pavel francois had a 958 46 saves and one of them he just got ran over by his own teammate (laughs) just straight up bowled over by andreas Angelin. We'll talk about that, but there was one goal for Sebastian Ajo. It was just a perfect shot, like literally nothing he could do. And somehow we walk out of this, out of Carolina, a tough building to play in against a healthy Hurricanes team with two points. Genuinely the biggest robbery I have ever seen. Yeah, it was... I don't even want to know what the deserved win meter was because it was probably like 90 to 10 for Carolina in that game. I think we had like a 20. Really? Because the thing that was, sure. I've, I've seen worse abs games in recent memory. Carolina is also just really good at preventing shots from getting through the net. 
And there was a lot of hurricane shots, let's admit. They were not that dangerous. The Avs were also very good at pushing them to the perimeter as well. So the Hurricanes, like, it's not like they were just standing in front of Francois with, like, golden chance after golden chance. But they were getting shots through. And they definitely should have won this game. But I think the shots are a little misleading. The, like, the Hurricanes, they dominated. But 48 to 15 makes it look like so much worse than I personally believe it was watching it. Oh, the only reason I think it was bad is just because literally the Avs, they could not break Carolina's forecheck and get no. into their get into the offensive zone. Carolina's forecheck is like they play such a boring game of hockey, but they do it so fucking well that it's you almost have to admire it because the way that they can just lock down the neutral zone is pure amazement because they like their D like you have Jacob Slavin, but it's not like they have in Brett Burns. Like it's not like they have like superstar defenders, but they are just, that team is fully bought into the defensive side of hockey and they play it to a fucking T. Yeah. Like the hurricanes, as good as we are at four check, like the hurricanes are built around that entire system of four check pressure, not letting shots get through and just shooting at every possible opportunity. Like, I still fully believe this is going to be the Stanley Cup final matchup. The Hurricanes. I don't know if I want it to be. Honestly, I don't. I think I'd feel okay about it because even though we played the Hurricanes twice here, we won both of them. Even despite the fact Carolina played better than us in both of those games, hopefully in the Stanley Cup final, the Avs would be healthy. And it's like I said after we beat Carolina last week. I think the Avs they just kind of have a formula for beating the Canes most of the time, where it's just they have they play a similar system. Right now, they have the better goaltenders, and they have the better star power. If there is a team that can be relied on to beat the Hurricanes, I think it's them. However, not like this. And I mean, this is a game that screamed, like, did this game not scream like Gabriel Landeskog and Valerie Nachushkin would have been fucking mans in the, like, manimals in this game? Val Nachushkin would have been, he would have played half an hour if he played this. (laughs) I mean, Kel McCarr did play 32 minutes, like... Like, I think this is the type of game that you're like, damn, that really sucks not having Landy or Val because they are they are the perfect game breakers for this type of game. Yeah, like they they thrive in situations like this. And it's a miracle. Once again, this this game was a miracle. Yeah. Winning this game alone. It's also a miracle we won without them. This will happen in a different way, and we'll be on the losing side of this later on in the season. So oh even God, though we're positive about it now, this will happen again. And this is why hockey, I think, is like the craziest sport, because one player can change the entire outlook of a hockey game. If your goalie is not letting, like, if your goalie is a fucking brick wall like Francois was, you can win any game. Yeah, it's and- what we just had with Jordan Bennington and the Blues. Like, Bennington was just on one in that game. And we couldn't really do a whole lot about it. And in this game, Pavel Francouz had the game of his life. One of the best performances we've seen from an avalanche goalie in the last several seasons. There was nothing the Hurricanes could do. All like the only reason the only reason the Hurricanes got a point out of this game is because Andreas Anglin ran him over, and yeah. they, and he just couldn't get back to his net in time. Yeah, it was it was awesome. I mean, you had. Like the goals for the Avs were like that first power play goal. Like that power play was not in sync at all. And it just bounces right to Rodriguez and he just rifles one past anti Ranta and crazy. Like that power play was not good. And it somehow resulted in a power play goal. Yeah. 
The, like it was just totally out of sync. The Hurricanes penalty kill is looking so good. It just comes to Rodriguez and he just fired it right through on Tiranta and just totally caught him off guard. The Avs have a one nothing lead and the Hurricanes, they played really well for the rest of the first period, but Pavel Francouz happened and so nothing happened for Carolina. Yeah, so nothing happened. And then, like you already kind of talked about in the second period, Spashnaho, like the Avs have been pinned in their zone for what felt like 12 minutes. Like they were just pinned in their zone for that entire shift. And it's a it's a face-off scramble and it just bounces right to Ajo and he makes a beautiful shot to beat Francois because that's what it took to beat Francois against Carolina was a perfect shot. Um, and he tied the game at one. And I don't know about you, but I kind of thought like, this was a good run. Like we're probably going to get boat race now. Um, yeah. I mean, that, but, that carried over for a little while, but yeah. somehow seven minutes after that, Alex Newhook gets sprung by Josh Manson on a breakaway, buries it past anti-Ranta, and you could feel the weight being lifted off of Newhook's shoulders, and it was just like, holy shit, we do not deserve this, but somehow we are winning this hockey game. Yeah, there was no, we had no business being in the lead in that hockey game. And we took it into the third period. And like that goal by Newhook was, uh, you could almost feel like a little bit of a weight off his shoulders too when he scored it because he needed that. And I think that goal kind of carried over into this Washington game. He's playing with confidence again. And if we get confident Alex Newhook, he can be a, a difference maker for this team. He can be. Uh, we just need We just need him to play with some confidence. And that goal, I think, really has hopefully pushes him in the right direction to get and getting back to the Alex Newhook. We hope he can be. Hey everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. NFL Sundays are only getting better. And so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. And right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boosts with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. And All you got to do, go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine it with multiple bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals. And with bigger payouts than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to for betting on the NFL, and I know it is absolutely Christian's as well. Trust me on that. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and place a $5 pregame money line bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, I certainly hope so. So you move on from that at this point, and it was all Carolina from that point out. The third period was a 20-minute penalty kill. We were in our own zone the entire time. The Hurricanes had shot after shot after shot. We had two shots in the entire period. And my God, Pavel Francouz was just playing out of his mind unbelievable save after unbelievable save he goes to play a puck behind his own net he has a miscommunication with andreas anglin and anglin just runs him over and it feels it's unfair to blame it all on anglin because he thought that you he thought that francois was just gonna 
leave him the puck and Frankie thought that he was going to stop. So they just kind of ran into each other and he can't get back to his net in time or he does, but he can't really settle himself back in time. It's an easy turnover and Martin Nietzsche scores to, to tie the game. And that's when I thought like, okay, well you had your bad luck goal against now. Now we're down to one shot in a period where we are getting utterly destroyed, but for England, uh, Tough break because that looked really bad. Yeah, it looked really bad. And you're like, damn, we could have maybe snuck out like a, a win here, but that bump in and I, that's the type of play that gets you sent back down to the minors when everyone's yeah. like. It it looked worse in the moment than I think it actually was. I have a lot of like tweets about things that people ignore for for some reason that tweet about England getting sent down wasn't one. So I definitely heard it about like, well, it wasn't his fault. Like, well, you're right, but let me be mad about it still. Yeah, I I am a fan still. Because like my thing is like, you jumped into him. Like, I know you were trying to avoid him, but like, my God, you could not have done that worse. You Mm -hmm. ran straight into your own goalie and jumped into his head. Like if you, if you're wearing a Hurricanes jersey, the entire team is coming off of the bench and kicking your ass. Yeah. Like it was, it was not good play from him. Um, and it sucks. Cause like you said, I honestly think we could have won that game in regulation. Like we, I really we think would have, we straight up would have won that game in regulation, yeah. which like, is absurd. It would have been hilarious if that was the case, but it goes to two, two. And then the onslaught just continues. And you're just like, I don't know about you, but I was just sitting there like, if we can just make it to overtime and we get three or four points from the Carolina Hurricanes, I am more than happy. Oh, you, like, you, just you celebrate that. Yeah. You celebrate that like a win. Like when the horn eventually sounded to get to overtime, I was like, that, that's a win. That's a win. Let's get out of here. Time. But the, it, it wasn't not stressful because Alex Newhook gets kind of a bad luck high stick penalty. And... That's when I was like, okay, yeah, this is this is yeah. it's not gonna like the penalty kill has been too good too recently, and I know they're gonna somehow fuck this up. And they did a fantastic job on the PK yeah. in that fight. It, it almost felt fitting to have that period end on a penalty kill because yes. now because now we're at least being honest. Now it is a penalty kill rather than just acting like it is one the yeah. entire time. You had to feel bad for Newhook too because he they had a, a really good game here, and then he takes what could have been a game ending penalty on just a a bad luck play. And thankfully Bednard did not punish him too much against the caps, but that's a a tough break for a guy who was having a great game, but the penalty kill comes through and the avalanche killed a hundred percent of the penalties against the hurricanes in both of those games. I believe they went Oh, for nine against the avalanche in both of those games. They go Oh, for four in this game and you drag this game or excuse me, Powell Francois drags this game to overtime. You get a point. I had pretty much been resigned to the fact that we were going to lose this game ever since that tie and goal went in. It's just like, you get a point and you run out of this building. You do not argue. You do not do anything. You run out of this building. Yeah. And, and we know how bad the abs are in overtime. So I, I had already kind of chalked this up as a, all right, yep, got a point. Let's get out of here. Um, but, but then you go into overtime, you had to kill, I think like 12 seconds left on the penalty. I think is what the math added up to be. So it was, you had to kill 12 more seconds of it. They do that. You put McKinnon, McCarr and Ranton out there and you, you kind of just hold your breath that hopefully this doesn't, uh, this doesn't blow up in our face and they survived that. And then Devon Taves makes a great defensive play. Cause what else is new, 
Right? That's just what Devon Taves does. And where the abs are at with injuries, you have JT Comper as your second <laughs> person out in overtime. <laughs> like that's where the abs are. Um, and this is nothing against JT Comper. He's actually been playing some fantastic. He's playing hockey. great. Yeah. Um, but he goes, totally sells the shot to Ranta and then just beautiful pass to Lekkanen. Lekkanen rips an absolute cracker off his stick. And the Avs walk out of Carolina with two points with only 15 shots on goal. Yeah, unbelievable. Fun fact that I did not know. Arturi Lekkanen's first regular season overtime winner and third overtime winner of his career. Do you want to guess the other two? Both of them sent his team to the Stanley Cup final in previous two years. His first regular season overtime winner. And like you said, the Avalanche somehow leave Carolina with two points. They never have to deal with this team again until the earliest would be the Stanley Cup final. They And Carolina is, again, I've said, I still think we're going to see them in the Stanley Cup final. But that is a good team. And you swept them with all these injuries and your goalies outperforming probably the deepest goaltending pool in the league when it comes to Freddie Anderson, Antti Ranta, and Peter Korshikov. And that's impressive. Even, even with getting utterly destroyed in this game, still finding a way to win because your goalies come through for you. Goalies are part of the team. They still got you the win. It all counts all the same. And you get, you get a guy like Evan Rodriguez to score on the power play you get Alex Newhook to get on the board. Arturi Lekkinen promoted to top line minutes comes through for you. Like this wasn't even a game where you had McCarr and McKinnon carrying you like it was the first time. This was you just scratched and clawed somehow. And let's face it, little bit of blind luck, but you still won and you can't be too mad about it. It's it doesn't happen for the abs where they usually get luck because they're usually just so much better. So it is kind of weird to talk about a lucky win. Because that was just a lucky win. <laughs> you play that game a hundred times, we probably lose ninety of them. Yeah, I mean, but you also you also got to be good to be lucky. Yeah. So the Avs pull it out. They win three to two. They start this road trip two and zero. Um, and I I was really more impressed that even after that win against Carolina, that they didn't like they got better against Washington, which I I, I wanted to see. Because let like we've talked about, the Avs did not play well against Carolina. They got absolutely smothered defensively. Um, and it was good to see them get the offense going, start the cycle. It was just really good performance out of the Avs uh, in both these – well, not both these games. It was a good performance by Pablo Francois against Carolina. But you won both games. You have a chance to finish the road trip 3-0 and if you go and beat Dallas on Monday. And you're feeling damn good about yourself going into the Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving break. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's tough not to feel good about yourself so far this month. You've only lost one game so far out of seven, I believe. How many games? Yeah, we played seven games so far. We're six and one. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> with this team right now, with all the injuries that were six and one. <laughs> yeah, like just r- ridiculous stuff. And the one game you lost to the Blues was by one. Just and awful. that was probably the best game you've played. Yeah. So, isn't, that, isn't that funny how that works? Yeah. You, you, the game you have against the Blues, you gen, you genuinely played well, couldn't win. You have a bad game against the Hurricanes. Your goalie bails you out. You steal two points, and you go into Washington, a team they have historically had a lot of trouble with over right. the last couple of years. What was it? 14, no, 12 and 2. The Caps had beat them over the last couple of years. The last times the Avs did beat them was the 2017 October 
and 2019 October when Holtby allowed the first four shots he faced. I remember those games very well. Yeah. Outside of that, the Caps had kind of dominated the the series between the two. So it also helps to beat a team like that that swept you last year as well. Good for the confidence, good for for all of that. So you've got to feel good about where this team is at right now. Once Landis Cog comes back in January, Nachushkin's already going to have been back for a month. Hopefully Helm's going to be back around the same timetable. Hopefully we see Gerard any day now. Byram should be back by the end of the month. Like we're fine. Yeah, we're, we're, we're genuinely good. just fine. Yeah. And I, like you said, the injuries have actually kind of because Evan Rodriguez has turned into like, yeah, this guy's a top six forward right now. Like he's turned into a really good forward for us. Um, and like you said, you found the Comper, Cogliano, and O'Connor line works awesome together. So you're only going to be adding very good pieces. You're adding two of your best players back when you get Nachushkin and Landeskog back. Like this team's going to be just fine. And like you know they're going to add at the trade deadline too. It's just so crazy to me that we had Val Nachushkin, who in October was our best skater without question was our best skater we lost him and we are still six and one in november and then we're gonna get him back it's just so crazy to me just how good this team is how strong their systems are and how they just can handle just about anything and they're doing this without their captain from the get-go like the guy who's supposed to be the emotional glue in the locker room they lost their second pair on defense you're not supposed to be able to do this no, like this, this should not be a thing. Look at the caps just on the other side. They're missing Nicholas Backstrom, Tom Wilson, Dmitry Orlov, Connor Brown's out for the season, and they can't do anything. They look dead. They look lifeless. The Avalanche are just as fucked up, if not more fucked up. And they're just fine. They look like they haven't even missed a beat. Yeah, they're, they look real solid. I did want to ask you this because. I've kind of noticed it. Are, are you concerned at all about the way Josh Manson's playing, or is this just kind of what we should expect from Josh Manson? I'm a little concerned because even in a game like the Caps, he was the worst player. He had a lot of turnovers that led to really good chances for the Capitals, and he had a good play against the Hurricanes that set up the new hook goal. He hasn't been all bad, but he has stuck out like a sore thumb every yeah. once in a while where he's having some bad turnovers, some bad defensive reads. It's hard to, for me to really say the word concerned about anything right now, but he he has been a weak spot lately. I don't believe it's going to stay that way because there are times he has like a genuinely brilliant game. Yeah. But I think he really does get exposed when he's forced into bigger minutes. And yeah. that contract, just to talk big picture, might not age very gracefully. The four years over $4 million contract, if – that guy is getting exposed when Byron Gerard is out so heavily and you need to shelter him might not age very well, but that's a whole conversation for another time. Him on a healthy abs defense. I'm not concerned about. No, I, I, I just, if there's been one concerning part to me of these games, it's like Josh Manson hasn't looked particularly great, but maybe he's just a playoff player because he was great in the playoffs. Um, he, he still and, had those, he still had those grenades every now and again, but yeah. less of them. I think it's just part of the Josh Manson experience. I really do. Like it, we knew this when we talked about getting him at the trade deadline, like, yeah, he's, he's a solid defender, but he is liable to just the doy play every once in a while. Yeah. And 
I believe once Gerard comes back and once Byram comes back and you, you can stick him with someone who complements his game a little more and just allows him to, to free himself or back check a little more because I believe he really is more of a complimentary piece for this yeah. team than a full fledged guy. Cause there's a reason they're playing him with Jacob McDonald. Jacob McDonald can at least emulate what Sam Gerard does a little bit. A and little even bit. Then, a little bit, he's not close to Gerard, but even just a little bit, once Gerard comes back or Byram comes back, they're going to put whoever comes back first immediately with Manson. And then I think we'll see a, a dramatic improvement. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think just that that's the one part I've been watching and I'm like, yeah, this is a little, little surprising, but I agree. Once we get these pieces back, I think it'll be fine. And I still think we get a guy like Jack Johnson at the trade deadline. I really do. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope so. I want Jack back on this team so badly. We miss him. We need him. Look at our defense right now. We could use Jack Johnson. I want him back so badly. I'd trade a first round pick for him. <laughs> I mean, he's probably, I, I would not be shocked. Like if we get him back, I really would not be shocked because we need, you need just seven demon in the playoffs. You do. And I really think he would be the perfect dish and he's cheap. Yeah. And just like you already know what he is and what he's going to do. And just what a boost would that be in the room to get oh, yeah. Jack Johnson back? They loved him. Yeah. Everybody loves Jack Johnson. Bring him back. Even if he never plays a game, just the fact that Jack Johnson is a member of the abs again would be such an emotional boost for everybody that it, that would be worth like the fourth round pick you'd pay for him alone. I'm still, I still don't get why he left. I really don't. I mean, the Blackhawks offered him a pretty decent contract. And if we wanted to, we would have matched it. Yeah, I just... Just our cap space is tight right now. And the Blackhawks gave him what? Like just under a million dollars? Like even a meager... 950? Yeah, even that meager like 250K would have put us in a bit of trouble. Like it's just, it's not worth it. But... You get up at the trade deadline, Blackhawks retain half. Now you're talking 425,000 or something like that. That's not math at all. It's 475,000. But still, that's cheaper than what you would have gotten even if you signed him for league men. And now you just have him back for a late season run anyway. Yeah. Hallelujah. We're all singing. I I, I do think he's going to – I didn't think the Avs would need to add defense depth. But, like – I think Jacob McDonald's proved that he could be that seventh defenseman, but having just even more insurance, I don't think would be a bad thing. It's also just so good to see Jacob McDonald not even playing, but playing well again, just because he really did get lost last season. Like he took that nasty hit against the Rangers that essentially knocked him out for the season. It's just so good to see him back and proving once again that he is definitely an NHL defenseman. Yeah. He's not a star. Not a top four guy, but he's an NHL defenseman because in that in that shortened season, he was good. Like he, he was. was genuinely good. And he just got lost after those injuries last season. Yeah, he just got lost. And he's he's proving that I agree he could be that seventh defenseman. But if you can get a guy like Jack Johnson, like, you need depth. You, you I just think I think depth. you just need one. Like because yeah. now you have McDonald and you get your guys back, you get Byron back, you get Gerard back. Eric Johnson's looked better, but I would feel a little more comfortable just having one more guy, just at least eight defensemen, because the second you put Curtis McDermott in there on defense, it's, a it's not, a, not ideal anymore. If you're going to play McDermott, play him on the fourth line. Yeah. So we'll see. 
Um, I'm just interested to see, like, I, I definitely would have thought that EJ would be struggling like Manson was struggling, but EJ's actually been real solid. Yeah, I haven't I haven't noticed EJ a lot lately, which is a compliment. Like, that's for your third pair defenseman, you don't want to notice them unless they're scoring. Correct. Them. Correct. So he's been good, but yeah, the Avs just need to get healthy, and then we can see what this team really is. I, I have a feeling we won't really I, know. I guess that's just so really crazy is. to me. Like, oh, we need to wait for them to get healthy. We're six and one when yeah. not healthy. What are we when we're healthy? Easy yeah. answer: We're the best team in the NHL. Correct. So it, it'll be interesting. Um, I just I because when's the trade deadline? It late March, I think. March, I, think okay. I think it's I think it's back to normal from what it usually is. Oh wait, no. So You'll have Landy back for a couple months, so you can at least get like a feel of what the team needs, uh, and hopefully no other injuries happen before that, and you can get kind of a feel of what this team needs at the trade deadline. I think that's that's good. I can live with that. Yeah, I'm trying to very quick March third. Okay, you get a full month of Landy back. Hopefully, there's no other injuries, and you can uh, you can kind of just go from there. But yeah, that'll be good. The, the, this team is just so good. And even when they're as banged up as hell, they're six and one in their past seven games and are only going to get better by pieces that are very key pieces to this team. So, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't get any less absurd. I feel like we have this conversation like every episode for the last two seasons, just like this isn't fair. It's not fair. It shouldn't. We lost Kadri. We lost Burakovsky. We lost important depth pieces and we're missing so many key pieces and we're just fine. Like okay. I know, I know. Analytically, we haven't been perfect as of late. It's one thing Dom Lecision pointed out is like, yeah, the Abs are winning, but he doesn't generally like the way we've been winning a lot of these games, especially the Hurricanes game that we very much lucked our way into. And there have been games like that this month where that has happened, both Hurricanes games essentially. But honestly, that's fine. Like. We know the abs are going to turn a lot of those numbers around when they do get healthy. And I think their system does allow for a lot of shots to take place, especially when they do force a lot of those shots to the outside. Like a lot of those hurricane shots were from the outside. And even when they played the blues and gave up a ton of those shots, like not a ton of them were dangerous. Like they got outshot by the caps again tonight. And, but would you really say that a ton of them were that dangerous again? No. There were their high danger scoring chances weren't that high. So yeah, I mean it, it, it was good. Um they'll get better. And I really I'm interested to see how this stars game goes on Monday. I'm really this interested is, to see how this is a game. very interesting game. We play the stars twice next week. We play them in Dallas on the 21st, and then the 26th that we're bringing them here. So two, I believe, of four stars games yep. this season. And those are going to have some pretty big implications for the end of the season. The stars are playing pretty well right now. I don't know where they've been their last little while, but they're still at the top of the central. They're six, three and one in their last 10. And they just, they look like a rejuvenated team. Yes. They look, it looks like Pete DeBoer has really just brought Jamie Ben, Tyler Sagan back to life. Jason Robertson looks like a star. Jake Ottinger is playing like the best goalie in the league right now, even after he's come back from injury and adding a guy like Mason Marchment has been a big help for them. Like they look like a, a genuinely good team that if the abs played them in the playoffs, like I'd, I'd consider them a threat. Yeah. I, I, I kind of see them as I saw the blues last year. Yeah, I can see it. And I just think the stars, they've always been a tough matchup for us. Like not, not even talking about the playoff series in the bubble, just, just historically, mm-hmm. 
we just struggle against the stars on even our best nights that we played them three times last year. The one time we played them in November was just like our last like normal loss for like a month and a half where we just, they just played better than us. And then we had the game in Dallas. We did a watch along for where we shut them out in Dallas. And then the next night or two days later, they come to Colorado and Jake Ottinger had like the game of his life. Yes. It was, it was a, it was almost like a preview of what was to come for Ottinger. Like that was kind of like, Oh, okay. He could lead this team. And he almost did do a playoff series win. Yeah, but... I, I watched that game seven between Dallas and Calgary last night. Yeah. I've every time I watch that game, I'm just so gutted for him. They, he faced 68 shots and the stars in with two minutes left in overtime had under 30. Yeah. Like, and when that Johnny Gaudreau goal went in, he like, he just went to the ice like, I'm surprised he could even move. Yeah, me too. But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun. I do think the Avs, if they play like they did against Washington tonight, I think they have a pretty good chance to win. Um, I still think that Dallas's defense is, outside of Miro Haskinen, suspect in a way. Yeah, it's, um, it's not as good as the Avs. But yeah. I think the system that Pete DeBoer has implemented in Dallas has helped them a lot. Yes. So I, I'm interested to see how that game goes. I'm... I think the Avs, I don't know if they're going to win this game. I think they probably lose like 3-2 in overtime. Um, We generally have a pretty good record when we predict losses. So Yeah, that's why. I'm going to go the other way. I think the Avs are going to win this game. I'm going to say, I'm going to go a little off the board. I'm going to say they win a surprisingly high-scoring game, 5-3, with an empty net. I like it. Okay, that's fair. I just think, like you said, Dallas is a matchup nightmare for us. Um, They... They always seem to play. Joe Pavelski always seems to score like five goals. No, Pavelski's scoring two goals. Yeah. So that concerns me, but uh, I, I don't know. I've been proven wrong. Oh, I actually, I actually totally missed this. Rope Hintz got hurt today. Oh, so, shit. That's so we don't, we don't know if that's going to carry over into Monday, but if that's the case, that's a huge loss yes. for the Stars. He has been excellent, in my opinion. I, the Stars just have a ton of really underrated players. Like Robertson's yes. awesome. Hintz is awesome. Joe Pavelski's awesome. Uh, if they lose hints, like that's their outside of Robertson, they're or not even Robertson because Pavelski somehow has nine goals. Hints has eight goals himself. He has 22 points. He's their second leading point score. That's a huge loss for them if that's the case. Yeah. Like it's Joe Pavelski. I don't think he's ever going to stop scoring goals. He's 38. Like, bro, yeah. calm down. You don't yeah. have to keep doing this every year. Yeah. He's unreal. So. I it's going to be a fun game. I'm really looking forward to it. And I think the abs have a pretty damn good chance to win. I just don't know if just because of the injuries and all that stuff, I think there could be just a little bit of a drop off from, from this Washington yeah. game. I mean, there, there's a lot of ways that game could go. I just, I just want to give you a test real quick. Do you remember how many points Joe Pavelski scored last season? Didn't he score like 75? He scored 81 points. Yeah. He was unreal. Games. He was just under a point per game at 37 years old. Like the, Dude, he's, this guy's he's ridiculous. He's yeah, so he's good. good with Robertson and Hintz. Yeah. He's really fucking good. And he's just never going to get old. Just never. Yeah. Never. I mean, and I totally agree with your point on the defense. Their defense is suspect at best. Colin Miller plays on their top pair. And yeah. it's Merrill Heiskin and their band of Mary men. It's that that's ultimately what's going to stop Dallas from being in my opinion, like a true, true Stanley cup contender this season, but they're close. If they make a good addition at the trade deadline, then they 
could be a pretty good dark horse to come out of the West. How funny would it be if they traded for John Klingberg? I was, I was, I said the word, I said the word defenseman. I was like, oh, I can think of one in Anaheim, he, who actually hasn't been that good in Anaheim. No, he's been bad. He's on my fantasy right? team. Yeah, Klingberg has been nothing so far this season with the Ducks, but I'm really looking forward to that game against Dallas because, like, the games against Minnesota and St. Louis, I look forward to them because I hate those two teams. It's just I want to kick the shit out of them. This is just a genuinely interesting matchup. Like, can the Avs, with all of their injuries, overcome a Stars team that has been a thorn in their side for the last several years and just find a way to win that game on the road while the Stars are rolling? Because they beat the Islanders 5-2 to two today. Like, the Stars are just genuinely rolling right now. There's not a lot stopping them. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I, I I think just just with how banged up the abs are, I don't know if I'm going to give the, them the advantage in that game, but they could prove me wrong. They proved me wrong in these past two games. Yeah, so. I mean, there are games that the Stars have given up a lot of goals lately. Like They didn't do it against the Islanders. They gave up two, but they gave up four to the Panthers after they had a big lead. They gave up five to the Lightning, only one to the Flyers. They gave up five to the Sharks, five to Winnipeg. Like there, there are times that this team does give up a lot of goals. So there is an opportunity for the stars, for the abs to, to come through in this game. That's, that's why I'm going to say five to three. The abs I like are. it. One of us has got to be predicting a win. So we'll go forward with that, but I can't wait for that game. That's going to be a fun one. Yeah, it's going to be, be, a, fun it's gonna be game. a good week of abs hockey coming up. Oh yeah. It's going to be a great week. And then five days we see them again, unfortunately on the second half of a back-to-back because of course. That's how that's the NHL just loves to fuck us. Yeah, they love doing that. But we've got Dallas on Monday, 21st, Vancouver on the 23rd at home, Nashville, 25th in Nashville uh, at 12 p.m. Mountain Time. That should be interesting the day after Thanksgiving. I hope anyone is up to play that game at all. And then the very next night against Dallas again, then we'll finish up the month against Winnipeg, who's very much still hanging around in that conversation in the Central. They look decent right now but they did get shut out by the penguins today their first real bad loss in a minute yeah winnipeg's i think gonna fall off a little bit i think i do too i think I'll minnesota see. and st louis are coming and mm-hmm. i wouldn't be shocked if we see winnipeg in the wild card race here pretty yeah soon. i mean do we want to have that conversation about st louis because now they've won six in a row after they lost eight in a row and now they are very much back in it they are three points behind winnipeg yeah i mean you knew this was going to turn around like yeah, I, didn't, I didn't think i didn't think this quickly yeah, I mean, I, I, we're, it's like a week later and we're talking about Baruby. Like last week, we were talking, maybe he gets fired and now he's, he's rolling off wins and he's probably safe. Yeah. So, and they, they almost blew that game to the Caps last week. But yeah. if it wasn't the Caps, they probably would have. Yeah. They, they were up three to nothing after the first. They were up four to two with five minutes left. They blew that lead and had the, the winning goal for the Caps called back with like two minutes left. And because the Caps are the worst overtime team in the league, they lost in a shootout. So they almost blew that game still. But the Blues, they've won six in a row. And I think they're going to finish third in the yeah. division. I think so too. This. So Minnesota. They they ended up beating the Hurricanes. I just checked two to one in overtime, but they just wow. they that's they still only scored two goals in this game. Like they just do not look that impressive. Yeah, we we gotta talk about this too. Tyson Joe's got put on waivers. Oh, how the hell how did we forget about that? Oh my fucking god, got, I can't believe I forgot about that. He got yeah. put on waivers and got picked up by the Buffalo Sabres, which I actually really like him in the on the Sabres team. That is the best case scenario for at least me that could have happened with Tyson Jost. He gets put on waivers by Minnesota on Friday. 
which they reported was coming and just the he he had his opportunities. I want to say he got a tough break. He he didn't. He he had every opportunity in Minnesota. He was with the top line at certain points. He was playing with Kirill Caprice. I mean, when we played the wild, he was on the top line. Yep. He had his opportunities. He just couldn't make the most of them. He gets put on waivers and he ends up going to Buffalo. And this is his last chance because Correct. if he can't do this here, he's might get a two-way deal on his next contract and might spend most of next season in the AHL. And it with the Sabres, he'll at least have an opportunity to play some kind of middle six role. He's got to carve out something for himself here. I'm rooting for him so much because Jost is just, he's such a good guy that just hasn't been able to make it work. And they, they, as much as you can blame the ad, like, oh, they brought him up too early. Like, how many years into his career is Jost at this point? Yeah. Like he, he's at some point you got to take control of your own development and he just hasn't done it yet. Uh, I'm hopeful that he w- works out in Buffalo. I, I really am. Uh, I'm just glad he's on a team that I can cheer for uh, because hey, Buffalo, one, of my, one of my favorite teams. I love Buffalo. Yeah. Buffalo kicks ass. So um, I'm hopeful that it works out for him and uh, we'll see. But I agree with you. This is kind of his, his last chance. Yeah, it's it straight up just is. If if he can't make the most out of this, he might be done. Like not well, not done done, but AHL probably. He had to get claimed pretty early because if Buffalo picked him up, that had to be pretty early in the waiver process. Yeah, I think Buffalo is kind of towards the bottom right now because I I know the waiver order reset a couple of weeks ago. Buffalo is one, two, three, four, five, fifth in waiver order. So he only got through Anaheim, Columbus, Ottawa, and Arizona. Yeah, I mean, so he got claimed pretty early. Uh, I know there were some Avs fans saying like, oh, why don't we get him? He, he makes $2 million. He, he's Yeah, I mean, I thought about it for a second, but it was just like he's not on a different contract than the one we yeah. traded. Yeah. If he was on a league minimum contract, yeah, Maybe. bring him back. Bring him back. I'm not I'm not even ruling out that they would bring him back this offseason if he becomes a free agent for on a cheap deal. Like, why not? Like, I know – I know there's a lot of Avs fans that don't like Tyson Jost and they're very vindicated right now getting waived from Minnesota, a team that desperately needs depth. But on a league min deal as a depth option, I wouldn't hate that. But I also want him to prove that he's more than that. I want him to work out in Buffalo. I want him to get at least a like a Nico Sturm contract next offseason and just get something going for him because it should be there with him. And I feel like at this point, it's not fair, like we said, to, to blame the ad, like, oh, they brought him up too early. Like, it, you're you're old enough at this point that if you were good enough, you would find a way to carve out a role somewhere. So if it's not going to be in Buffalo, it's going to be in Rochester with the AHL. So it'll be, I'm hopeful for him. But yeah, the Avs, like, I think they could have entertained it. But the reason why we traded him is because we didn't want to pay him $2 million. Yeah, and we needed to clear space. We got Nico Sturm, who was a... Granted, a minor piece on the cup-winning team, but just fit what we were trying to do better than Tyson Jost did. Allowed us to bring in a guy like Arturi Lekkinen with the amount of money that we saved and took money off the books for this season in a season where we are already tight to the cap. Like, yep. There was really no other choice to be made with it. How did Jost get $2 million? That's what I, I want to know. I think the Avs took a bet that he was going to start living up to some of that potential that they drafted him with. And, you know, you're not always going to bat a thousand. No, 
Right? But two million for him, like his agent deserves some props for that. <laughs> for, two, for two years too, yeah. like he got a multiple year prove it deal. Yeah, like that's pretty solid. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm hopeful for Josty. I hope he works out in Buffalo, and we're talking about him. Hopefully, like you said, signing that signing a good contract with uh, with Buffalo or with another team. But yeah, I, it it sucked seeing him get put on waivers, but I low key was kind of happy that he did. Yeah, because now we don't have to. Because even if he was good in Minnesota, then he's good in Minnesota, and we just have to live with that. So this could potentially work out to be a best case scenario kind of thing, where he ends up in a team we both genuinely like in Buffalo yep. and be part of like a, a turnaround story there. So I hope the best for Jost. Really good guy in Colorado, and just man, you've got to you've got to feel bad for him. Yeah. I mean. Has there been a player in hockey who's just gotten a rawer deal than Tyson Jost over the last eight months? He go he has the loss with the abs against the Golden Knights, goes through most of the next season with them, and is well en route to being a Stanley Cup champion, gets moved so they can save money to a rival team in Minnesota, gets bounced in the first round and watches the team that he went through all of it with hoist the Stanley Cup without him. And all off season, it's all about like how much it hurt watching to see that, or get having to watch that. And he's this is going to be his breakout year in Minnesota. Month and a half in, he's on waivers. Like you, you gotta feel bad. Yeah, I do feel bad, and I'm hopeful that works out for him because he was probably the most one of the most liked Avs players on the team. Um, and we'll we'll see, we'll see. I'm hoping it works out for him. But yeah, he's gotten a pretty, it's been a pretty shitty uh, eight months for Tyson Jost. Yeah. Now he has to go to Buffalo where they're literally covered in snow. Yeah, right? six feet. So <laughs> it, might, he, it might be a while before he can even get there. Yeah, but he'll, he'll. I think he'll fit in well with Buffalo and what that team kind of is. Um, because Buffalo desperately needs some sort of depth right now. Yeah, they're in a bit of a free fall at the moment, yeah. unfortunately. But so, actually probably the best case scenario for Buffalo if we're looking long-term picture. Yeah, long-term picture, so maybe that'll work out. Best case scenario for Jost, best case scenario for Buffalo. So I hope that works out with him at the yeah. end of the day. So, but hey, Avs, solid week. Probably should have beat St. Louis. Probably should have lost to Carolina, so they all kind of balance out. And we go into Monday, a big game against the Stars, and we'll be we'll be breaking it all down for you on uh, on Wednesday. Yep. Should be a fun one. I'm looking forward to that game. So just to recap, the Avalanche win 3-2 to two in overtime against the Hurricanes in a game they should not have won, and they shut out what is a very lifeless Caps team at the moment, 4 to nothing. We head into a matchup against Dallas. Dallas currently leads us by three points. We have two games in hand. If if we win this game, if we win both of these games against Dallas, like I know it's early, but the division kind of would be ours at that point. Like I know a lot, a lot can happen, but if the abs are already taking control this early in the season, it's kind of hard to imagine. They don't hold that the rest of the way. Correct. So it should be fun, but I cannot wait for this. Like we're, we're really going to get cruising with abs games here this next couple of weeks. Like it's going to be a lot of hockey to talk about. And I am super pumped about it. Yeah, there's going to be no more weird breaks in between or anything. No more trips to Finland. Like once, once we get the ball rolling, basically on, basically after Thanksgiving, after the two day break until the Jets game, it is just nonstop hockey. Not not even any back to backs until Christmas. It is just there is a game one day, not the next day, and a game the day after that for the rest of the month. So it's just going to be 
straight down to business. Looking forward to that all the same. Uh, Christian, unless you've got any last second enlightenments to to drop on us, I think we're good to wrap this up here. Yeah, I think we're good too. I don't have anything else. Um, yeah, World Cup starts, so that'll be cool. But other than that, nothing. <laughs> I don't. I'm not a soccer guy. USA versus England has the potential to be the funniest thing that has ever happened in. The I just history. realized they play the same time we play uh, the Predators, though. Would it be funny to beat the Predators, or would it be funny for USA to beat England? You have four TVs. What are you worried about? Oh, I'm not worried. I'm worried about you. I have a computer. <laughs> I can find a way. I have more than one television in my little apartment. I can. I for this, I will make an exception. <laughs> the USA beating England in the World Cup is on par with the American Revolution. Yep. That is the potential to be the funniest thing that has ever happened and something that will live well beyond us as something that's like, it's soccer. Yeah. We get to call it soccer forever. <laughs> no more football. That, that will live for hundreds of years if we win that game. I'm looking forward to that like you would not believe more than anything. I will never be more of a red-blooded American than I will be on that day. It also helps that I am also like fully Irish. So I will enjoy that so much if we win that game. The only soccer game in my life that I have ever looked forward to. Yes. So it'll be fun. Um, It's going to be a good week. Good sports week. Thanksgiving this week. Going to be a hell of a time. But yeah, I got nothing else, man. Let's send these people on their merry way. Yep. So once again, thank you all so very much for tuning in. Use promo code TELDABS. It is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. Really helps out the show. And plus, if you haven't used SeatGeek before and you're looking to go to a game, you're just saving 20 bucks. All you got to do, promo code TELDABS. It is no strings attached. You get to save money and you get to help out the show. We would really appreciate it. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at GYoungsNHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay, and you can follow the show at Tell It As It Is. But we will be back on Wednesday talking about our game against the Dallas Stars. But until then, we will catch you all next time, and let's go Abs. Abs.